Welcome to the RDH Magazine Podcast, an Endeavor Business Media production. This show represents the voice of today's RDH. Like mine. And mine. Like mine. And mine. And mine. And yours. Join us each Tuesday and Thursday as we explore trending topics and go behind the scenes and into the minds of our amazing writers and friends. And now, here's the latest episode with Jackie Sanders. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Jackie Sanders, Chief Editor of RDH Magazine, and today I am spending a little time with a longtime friend of mine, Lisa Masonette. Good morning or good afternoon, Lisa, whichever one it is. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, Jackie. Afternoon over here. (laughs) It's so nice to see your smiling face. I'm sorry that everyone else can't see it, but I'm sure you can hear the happiness in her voice. Yeah. So we were going to talk a little bit today about how we met and all the things that you've done since we met. We actually met shortly before you were selected as an RDH Award of Distinction recipient in 2022. And since then, you have served on the advisory board for RDH Magazine for the last couple of years. You are the director of operations. You are a clinic educator, and you are also the director of a dental assisting program. Do you have any spare time? (laughs) (laughs) I don't. And I thought it's funny. I was doing director of operations for 30 practices, and I actually stepped away and have been focused on one sole practice. And I thought, okay, now I'm going to have time. And running the practice start to finish has been daunting. (laughs) So I think it's because as RDHs, we like things to run exactly the way they should run. So we just put in every second that we can to make it happen. So, but I love it. I love every second of it. It's just some of those OCD tendencies of ours to make sure that every (laughs) I is dotted, T is crossed, and it's done the, the way we want it to be done. So this being said, in the May issue of RDH Magazine, you have provided us with fantastic content that I want to share with everybody on this podcast. It is actually titled, Giving Up is Not a Choice. It is time to stand up and drive change within your dental practice. And Lisa has provided some amazing tips in this article. Lisa, where did this all bubble up from? And thank you for sharing it with all of our colleagues. No worries. I think now being more in a management partner role, you start to really see how practices run. And, you know, reading a lot of the comments on social media, sometimes you see hygienists are so frustrated with their current situations. And, you know, as someone who's running the practice, I wonder oftentimes how many hygienists have taken the time to communicate, you know, what they're struggling with, their needs, where they would like the direction of their hygiene departments to go, because that's really important. We're willing to listen because we want our practices to grow. And I think a lot of practice owners, even though that might not be the mindset, do want hygienists to take charge and take the lead and bring innovative things into practice to provide comprehensive care. So you know, just trying to inspire hygienists to, to use their voice. Yeah. I, way back in the year, I had a fantastic boss in Utah. And one of the things I learned from him, he advised, he said, don't bring me the problem, Jackie, bring me the solution. What can we do to fix it if it's broken? 
And that was a valuable lesson because oftentimes the dentist is off in their realm doing what they need to do. The hygienist is doing what they need to do. The assistants are doing what they need to do. And seldom do we get together and say it would be easier if we did it this way rather than just complaining about each other's departments. So one of the things you bring up in this article is you talk about out-of-the-box thinking. So define that a little bit for me. How can a hygienist learn that skill or be comfortable with that skill? Many hygienists are non-confrontational, so sometimes those conversations are hard for us. I think first and foremost, attending conferences like RDH Under One Roof, where new knowledge can be gained in different things. Like we sat through Fran Horning's microscope course and we implemented it. So just going to these courses and learning new technologies and then coming back and always speaking about, you have to speak the language of the business owner. What is the rate of return going to be, the rate of investment, right? If you implement this, how are you going to help the practice grow? And, you know, for hygienists, I think for us, it's more about how can we make a difference in our patients' lives? Because if we do recommend adjuncts, if we recommend things patients need, we're just going to lead to better oral health outcomes. So we have to think about what can we implement? How can we implement salivary testing? How can we implement microbial testing? How can we implement airflow therapy, perioprotect, like all these different things that can help to lead, you know, the, the patients to better health. And being innovative in how to do it and, yeah, letting the practice know, here, here's the numbers. If we do this, this is how it's going to help increase, you know, the dental hygiene production. Because we hear so much about the 30%, you know, you have to be right. producing three times what you make. And that could be stressful for hygienists. But if they're just recommending what patients need and being innovative in doing so, that's just going to take them to the next level just by doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's changing. I like to believe it's changing. For many years, hygienists, you, you just heard, I don't want to hear the numbers. I don't mm -hmm. want to talk about the numbers. I don't care about the numbers. I don't want to work in a practice that's just about production. But at the same time, what you need to realize is you are part of that practice. And if you're not part of the production, then you might as well not consider ever getting a pay raise because pay raises aren't given in any job just for time. They're given for showing that you're an asset and a benefit to the practice. Jocelyn Sewell has written a couple of really good articles on getting comfortable with metrics and, and getting used to looking at the numbers and being part of the solution with those numbers. And it doesn't need to be viewed as over-treating the patient and charging them for things they shouldn't be charged for as much as it should be looked at. You're providing the care that this patient deserves to have whether it's salivary testing or an oral cancer screening or using microscopes in your operatory. So thank you for bringing that forefront. So one of the questions that always comes to hygienists, and, and you talk about this in your article, is how to convince practice owners to implement new systems. So do you have any key thoughts or recommendations on that topic? Yeah, I do, because practice owners really do look at one thing. What's going to help my practice to grow? It's unfortunate, but it's the truth. They're business owners being on the end of paying the bills and 
seeing the overheads, like I get it. I get it. So I think when when they want to implement new systems, they need to put it down in writing. This is what we'd like to do. This is how we'd like to run with the program. This is how it's going to help. And this is how I feel I can integrate it in time. And that's the other thing, Jackie, too. A lot of hygienists subject themselves to too little time, right? They're getting 30 minutes for appointments, 40 minutes for appointments, and there's no way you can ever implement a comprehensive system for patients during that time. So convincing practice owners that allowing them to have the adequate time to treat patients is just going to in turn help with practice growth because they're going to be able to spend more time educating, spend more time doing the exams that help them find if there's disease in the mouth. So it's about being organized when they present, not just saying, I want you to do this because it'll make my life easier, but you know, this is why I want to do it. It's not only going to help patients, it's going to help the practice and it's going to help boost referrals. You know, always talk the language of the practice owner. That's what they want to see. How is it going to help? Well, our patients are becoming very well educated and, you know, they know what type of care they're reading about, what type of care they should be receiving. Mm -hmm. And years ago, it, it would be really fun to dig up this information, but once upon a time, I read an article about how expensive it was to turn a room around disinfection-wise and reset it up compared to keeping that patient in the chair longer and doing more work. So maybe that's something we could dig up somewhere. But that would benefit a hygienist to show those numbers to an office that shows that, you know, it would benefit us to keep the patient in the chair an extra 15 minutes and, and do additional treatment for them. And we have a roving assistant in our practice who jumps in and helps to break down hygiene rooms that they ran behind because they had to do an iTero scan and, or they'll sit and do x-rays on the next patient or, you know, they just run around and help out with everything. And I think sometimes just convincing practice owners that having adequate help and like you said, you know, that the system's in place, it's just going to, it's just going to make the practice run much better. Yeah. Well, it's, it's exciting to see these changes. It's exciting to see so many hygienists embracing it. It's also exciting to see, I've had a couple of dentists reach out to me the last couple of weeks talking about they're actually reading RDH and seeing the change that is coming and, and want to provide content for the magazine. So not all dentists are bad. <laughs> so, no, they're not. Uh, I work with a lot of great ones who are passionate. Yeah. Our doctor here is amazing. So yeah, yeah, you can find great dentists. Yeah, I am an optimist and I still believe there's more good than bad. So there, there's good ones out there. Yeah. Unfortunately, these podcasts are short and sweet and to the point, And I could talk to you all day long on this topic. <laughs> but if there is one thing that you would recommend that a hygienist could implement into she or he's operatory, what would it be? Technology-wise or airflow? Airflow therapy, absolutely. That has been a game changer for our hygienist in helping Mm -hmm. to remove biofilm where she's not spending tons of time, you know, just with scalers and hand scalers trying to remove it. So that's been a game changer for us and even reversing inflammation and what we've seen in practice with our patients. So I think that's, that's a great thing to start with. There you go. (laughs) Well, will you be at Under One Roof this year? 
Oh, of course. I never okay. miss it. <laughs> never. And to our listeners, if you have some more questions for Lisa, she will be at Under One Roof. If they could reach out to you anywhere, anyway, Lisa, is there an email or a website that you use that you recommend they contact you at? Absolutely. They can send an email to my personal email, Lisandra, L-I-S-A-N-D-R-A-R-D-H at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, as always, it's great to see you. I know you have a busy day. You're uh, talking to me from work. So thank you for your time. And thank you to all of our listeners for spending a few minutes with Lisa and I. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for listening to this episode of RDH Magazine Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this interview. Hit that subscribe button and join us next Thursday for another conversation with Jackie Sanders. Find us on social media, visit our website, and sign up for one of our amazing newsletters to keep up to date with your profession. Hygienists come for the education, but stay for the community. See you next time.